Raise your hand if you've ever guessed the correct answer on these three songs. Or knew it was noon because Women Who Rock was on. Or started a road trip down I-15 during a Friday soul party. You know what KRCL brings to you. Keep the music playing and give a year-end gift at krcl.org. And thank you for being a part of the KRCL community. This is Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives. I'm Laura Jones, and coming up on the show tonight, community co-host Rashawn Leak has a couple of one-on-one conversations that will take us outdoors on bikes, on hikes, and we're going to talk about water with an opportunity to get a rain barrel. So stick around for that. But first, I have a question for the community co-host, so let's Zoom with him now. Hey, Rashawn, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Laura? Not bad. I've been talking on the show just about every night about different ways that folks can help out. We've got that food, gifts, and clothing drives list online. And I got to do a shout out to you and your family, especially your wife, Joe, because I've been watching online as she's been putting together with the community at least 200 stockings for the Utah AIDS Foundation. How has that been going? Oh, it's crazy. She she kills it every year. It's It's so impressive to see, you know, to see the improvements from the years past and like, okay, we should try this. This year was even, I mean, we knocked it out, Laura. So 200 stockings. So I have a pool table in the garage. And so we had all the supplies in the garage and we just walked around filling it up. And then, you know, you, you dump it in a, in a laundry basket or a, or a bag or a box, and then you get back in line. And it was just the efficiency that she had set up was, <laughs> it was really impressive just to sit back. I mean, I could just jump out and watch because I'm like, you don't even need me. Like, you got to dial, babe. Like, I'm just I'm just a fixture on the wall at this point. But it's it's really impressive to see, you know, to see it grow every year. You know, I mean, this year was probably the biggest because even after we had all the 200, we still had, you know, shampoos, deodorants. And we just went and dropped it off at the Utah AIDS Foundation last night. And it to see like the room be empty and then to see it be 200 stockings filled with amazing stuff. It's just, it's just nice to be able to get back. Yeah. Today's the deadline folks for dropping that off, but you know, the Utah AIDS foundation needs stuff like this year round. So if you didn't make the deadline, I'm sure you can call them and arrange a drop off, but congratulations to Joe and you and the kids and all the folks, all the little Santa's helpers that helped you put together 200 plus Personal hygiene stockings for the Utah AIDS Foundation. See what see what folks can do together, Sean. When you rally, I mean, you know, you've hear, heard us. Uh, if you listen to the show, you heard us talk about it. I mean, we're a community radio station, and and you know, my wife and I, we like to live our lives based on that. We we're a community. We know that we can't do it by ourselves. We know it takes it takes all to win. You know, and it and it that's the thing. I, if if you are in need, I want to help out. You know, because. Because maybe one day it'll be me or maybe one day it'll be my neighbor. Or maybe one day it'll be a friend or a family member. And so it's everybody pitching in makes the burden so much lighter. Yeah, And if it's been a rough year for you out there, community is here for you. Right, Rashawn? Absolutely. Absolutely. All you got to do is ask. Closed mouth, don't get fed, y'all. Yep. Rashawn, thank you so much, by the way, for sticking through uh, this show with us during the logistical gymnastics we've done to keep it on the air throughout the pandemic. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to start 2022. We're going to take a special dispatch from Uzbekistan with Tamrika, your erstwhile uh, on sabbatical co-host for Roundtable Tuesday. Um, But if folks want to suggest something for the show, just email radioactive at krcl.org, put Roundtable Tuesday in the subject line and uh, suggest something to Rashawn. What what do you want to get into in 2022? I, you know, there's so much I want to get into, you know, what expectations, you know, uh, accountability, what we should be asking for, for our leaders, what does good leadership look like? There's, there's a lot. How do we fix what feels like a tattered country or feels like a tattered, tattered world, tattered community? How do we, how do we repair it? Because I really, Laura, if you stay on social media, it truly feels like we are this divided country, this divided world. But then when you go to the grocery store and you and you smile at somebody, if your mask is down or, you know, you say hello or things like that, you realize that I don't know this person, but I felt so good smiling and wishing them. uh, I hope their day is good. And that's and that's what we need to build on, because we let 
we let such small fringe issues, you know, like 15% of the things that we think we let that take over when in reality, 85% of the things that we do and love, we all are agreeing on. And so that's what we need to get back to. How do Focusing we, on know, that. and I, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it cause it's silly, but I'm going to say it, you know, how do we truly make America great? You know, because I don't know how, I don't know if we've been great, but I know we can be great and I yes. want to, but it takes all of us. And in our each in our individual lives, and now I hear like patriotic music flag waving in the background. But <laughs> I do. I get. I, I totally get cheesy. I, going, I totally get cheesy. But you know, I, I I was thinking the other night as I was binge watching some other dystopian sci-fi thing, going, man, if this is all I'm feeding myself, it's it's hard to have hope about the future. So that's why I love doing the show with you and all the folks on the radioactive team because we can talk about the stuff that you can do to make a better community. So I just wanted to say thank you again. Looking forward to doing it with you again in 2022, Rashawn. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. Thank you for taking a knucklehead transplant <laughs> and, and letting him share his voice. And I'm sure not all my opinions are appreciated, but you know, that's that's normal. That's human nature. That's but if you don't like it, you know what? Mail us, email us and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Radioactive at krcl.org. When we come back, Rashawn goes one-on-one with guests tonight. Stick around. Thanks, Rashawn. Thank you, Laura. Grab an ornament from the Giving Tree and help thousands of homeless pets that stay at the Salt Lake County Animal Services throughout the year. For a list of needed items, visit adoptutahpets.org. Hi, kids. This Saturday, we're going to climb into that musical buckboard and take off on a magical holiday sleigh ride through the snow-packed mountains of the Sagebrush Trail. Man, oh man, it's going to be a party. We will be raising money for our beloved community radio station as part of our year-end drive. Hopefully... This Saturday, we're going to find out if Santa really is an ancient alien invader from another world. Oh, John Florence, that's going to be good. And folks, if you want to check out our programming schedule, it's online at krcl.org. I'm Laura Jones. This is Radioactive. And now, time to pass the microphone to Rashawn Leak going one-on-one with the Bicycle Collective, Outdoor Afro, SLC, and the Utah Rivers Council. Here we go. Let's get outdoors. We have uh, the Bike Collective here. We have Donna McAleer of the Bike Collective. How are you doing, Donna? I'm happy. How are you, Rashawn? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, so changes are on the on the horizon. You know, uh, I know you got uh, you got the approval for a new location. So, where where is the new location going to be first? Where is it? And then where is it in relation to the old location? The new location is on 9th South, 9th South Harvey Milk Boulevard and 325 West. So right okay. in the center of the central 9th district. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the 9th area, I, I like that area that, and that's not, I, I guess it's a little bit as far as a bike ride. It's only probably what, two miles from where you are currently. Correct. A little under two miles, but the beauty, Rashawn, of this new site is that it's centrally located. The new eight-mile trail that is being built is going to go right in front of the shop. We are two blocks west of the track station, and we're much more accessible to so many more people in the community, as well as the multiple community partners that we work with to provide bicycles and transportation to people in need who don't have another form of their own mobility. I love it. I love it. And just for our listeners, just in case you're wondering and unsure where that area is, if you happen to be downtown and get a flat, you can jump on the tracks and you are in the free fare zone and you can take it right over to uh, ninth to the new collective. So, all right. Have have we shared the pictures of the new building yet? Has has the world seen what is about to transpire for us? Well, the pictures have been up on our website, and we also have a really cool virtual tour that Brett Bowen and Studios generously donated to us. So it's the architectural renditions. You can kind of go through like you were um, using your mouse like Google Maps, and you can walk through the entire 
building and facility. So much larger retail space, a significantly larger community do-it-yourself area. We now have classrooms, we have a whole mechanics area, and we have on-site bike storage for all those thousands of bikes that are donated every year. So we're super, super excited about the potential of this new location, its accessibility, and what we can do by being able to do multiple things at the same time. People can come in and shop for a refurbished bike. They can come in and work on their own bike. They can attend the class. Um, youth programming of learning bike mechanics and adult volunteers, they can all be in the shop at the same time because we now will have space for that. So I'm hopeful that will really improve our efficiency as well. I, I love it. I have my, I have my fingers. And my toes all crossed for you all. And listeners, you can't see it, but I have this silly grin on my face because I'm looking at the plans right now and I know what the collective looks like in current. And it is, this is going to be, I mean, there's no other words to say, Donna. This is going to be a game changer, both inside the bike collective community and all those who use the bike collective. This is, this is, I mean, it's amazing. Rashawn, thank you so much. And that really is the right word. It's a game changer. It's a transformative project. It's a transformative building. And it's a huge community asset because there is no bike shop in that area of downtown. And this is the first building truly designed as a community bike shop. So for for retail, for people coming in, wanting to look at bikes, an area to try them, for people wanting to come in and get their bike serviced, as well as people wanting to learn how to work on their own bike. And then the fact again, that we have storage on site is a huge deal for us so that that will all be accessible. Um, it is it is transformative. It's a game changer. We also are really psyched because Rocky Mountain Power and the Blue Sky Project has provided us a grant to have solar power on the facility. So we're doing everything we can to reduce, reuse, recycle, not only bikes, but really reduce our footprint. Um, you also know that the bikes that we get donated that we're not able to repair and refurbish, we strip for parts and we recycle all that material. This year, we will have kept almost 50 million tons, that's tons of steel, rubber, and aluminum out of landfills through our recycling program. Oh, I, I love I love all of that. So so you touched on something that I wanna that I wanna touch on. So it you said the bike storage. So there was an article in the Salt Lake Trib talking about how bike theft is on the rise and i know and i know you can speak to it a lot better but but with the pandemic it's caused a lot of people to get outside you know get outside whether it be hiking biking you know you know whatever whatever your your outside activity is so is there i mean i know we can never you know i, I wish we could but i'm not naive we can never eradicate bike theft but is there anything that you would suggest to people who are trying to enter that world like is there a certain lock? Is there certain things you could do to really just not make yourself a victim or a target? Oh, Rashawn, what a wonderful question. And yes, you're, all those things, bike theft is on the rise. Um, the biggest deterrent is using a, a, a U-lock, not a cable lock. A U-lock is much harder to saw through or break. A cable lock, you can just cut and voila, the bike is gone. So a good U-lock, you can purchase those from us too in the Bicycle Collective. Um, the second thing is keeping the bike, if you have the ability inside, whether it's in a hallway, in a garage, a crawl space, um, if you don't have that ability and maybe you do have um, an outdoor space that's not at ground level, you could put it there. Um, but a U-lock is going to be your biggest deterrent. And that's regardless of where you're taking your bike. So if you're taking your bike to run up to the store or to go to the coffee shop, always make sure to lock it up. Um, there is 
Also for people locking their bike, most know this, but it's a good reminder. You always want to put it through the middle triangle so that you're locking down the frame. A wheel is much cheaper to replace than the whole bike. So locking just the front tire or the back tire, yet you, your bike will get stolen. You might have the tire, but always put it through the center triangle. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is that is a tip for the wise, everybody, if you're paying attention. And one of the things, so I'm an avid cyclist. One of the things I tell all my friends is two locks. I I carry, I use a U-lock and I use like just a regular, like a little, I don't know how to describe it, but just, you know, if you want to have like things like your bag or your helmet and things like that, you can put another lock on. And I will tell you it, people will walk by because your, your bike is too hard. There's going to be, and sorry, listeners, if this is you I'm talking about, but there's always going to be somebody who is not properly locking their bike. And that is the one that they're going to go to. It's ease of effort. This is a lot of people out there, they're, you know, they're, they're opportunists. They're going to, oh, this one doesn't have a lock. I'm taking it. Exactly. John. Exactly. It's, it's deterring and making it hard for somebody. So two locks. One other thing we didn't talk about, and it's not a fail safe, but also take a couple pictures of your bike. Make sure you know the serial number. Get it on Bike Index, which is a global uh, bike registration, just in case if it's ever stolen, um, that's a good thing to do. Absolutely, and you and you all offer stickers, right? You can get your bike. You could you could go down in the shop and get it registered in Salt Lake, right? Not the globe, not the. Is it? Do you still have that, or am I off base? No, you can. You can no. You can just go on and register on Bike okay. Index, and then some of the local police. Um, jurisdictions allow you to register there as well. Um, most of the time, if a bike is stolen, we're not going to see it at the collective, right? Because we don't do trade-ins okay. and we don't do cash. Most likely a stolen bike is going to get sold to a pawn shop and somebody's looking for some cold, hard cash quickly. We're looking at you pawn shops. We're holding you accountable. All right. So so we got uh we got the we got COVID running rampant. We're on year two. Let's talk about the shop and shop hours and volunteer hours. Is it still is it just open, come freely, or how how are you all working with that? So each of our four shops are a little bit different. Um, I'm assuming the majority of your listenership is in the Salt Lake Valley. The Salt Lake is we are now open for in-store business, both to shop and to work on your bikes. In Salt Lake, the hours are Wednesday through Saturday from noon to six. And the few, what we're doing is um, we have a maximum of five people allowed in the shop at any one time. That allows people to be physically distant. It allows people who are working on their bikes. It allows people who are shopping for, for a bike to all be there at the same time. So we're not doing appointments anymore, but 12 to six, Wednesday through Saturday, and then Ogden, Provo, and St. George, their hours are a little different, and that's all available on bicyclecollective.org, our website. Love it. I love it. All right, well, let's talk about it. What's the, if, so if I'm, um, if I'm in the market for a bike, how, walk me through the process. How do I, how do you all go about getting bikes into people's hands? So we really want to find out what somebody want to use their bike for. Um, are they looking to commute with it? Are they looking to ride um, just on pathways? Are they looking to go off-road? Do they want a mountain bike? And is this their first time biking? Have they biked before, right? This is, when you're buying that first bike, a lot of it is about fit and comfort and what you're going to use it for. And if you're not sure you're going to like biking, the Bicycle Collective is a great place to get a really solid affordable refurbished bike. So height is important, how you feel on the bike, what you're, what again, you're going to use it for, but that's, that's how we start. And we like people to be able to actually try the bike, ride it, ride it around on the street a little bit, but you want to know what do you want to do with it? Because there are different, there are different types of bikes for doing different things. All right. All right. And we've been doing uh so we've been sharing our Tuesdays 
with uh, nonprofits and we've been doing calling it attitude with gratitude. And there's no other gratitude than going somewhere and someone giving you a bike because you absolutely need it throughout the community. So let's talk about that. All right. So are you guys still uh, taking bikes for donations so you can give it into people's hands, whether it be kids or what does that look like? Yes, we take bikes year round. So anybody who's outgrown a bike, not riding a bike, has a bike sitting on their property that they don't want, please, 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 if you're not selling it on online, please bring it to us and we'd be happy to take it off your hands and provide a donation receipt and then hopefully find a new home for it. So we uh, we get about 5,000 bikes annually. So again, that's all material being kept out of a landfill and we assess all of those to repair and refurbish as many as possible. And then those that we can't, we strip for parts and we recycle. For the holidays, um, we are doing a couple of different bike giveaways for those in need. And I'll start with our Ogden store, um, did a huge bike giveaway over the weekend working with um, the Ogden Weber Community Action Partnership. And they encouraged um, our Ogden shop, got a number of local bike shops to participate they called it Santa's Little Workshop. They recruited home mechanics and built up almost 270 bikes to give away to people throughout the community. They're going to be doing another bike giveaway this Saturday, the 18th, at the Ogden shop. And um, those bikes are, we've got, they will mainly, the remaining bikes we have will fit mostly kids who are about two and a half feet tall to five feet tall. And there's many BMX styles. So taller kids, we, we may not have any for them right now. The Salt Lake shop is doing a holiday giveaway that will take place in our shop on Tuesday, the 21st, you can sign up on our Instagram site with your your height. And we want to thank um, Saturday Cycles. The um, There are several, several different organizations within town. Saturday Cycles, the Bicycle Center, and Loyal Cycle Company also helped us rebuild bicycles. And those bicycles are targeted for children ages four to 10, up to about five feet tall. So you sign up on our list, we'll give you a call and schedule a time for you to come on or before the 21st of December. And in Provo, we've been working with uh, the United Way of Utah County's Sub for Santa program to provide bicycles to people in Utah County, along with Boys and Girls clubs. So if uh, you would like to get your child on a bike and it's a pretty tight Christmas or holiday season, um, please feel free to reach out for it to us and hopefully we can provide the gift of a bike to children throughout the state. Oh man, I, I love that. As as a as a dad and a and a cyclist, I, I can tell you having given my kids bikes in the past to look on their faces when they go out and they open that garage door that that christmas tree and they see bikes there's nothing else so do we have a number how many bikes do you normally give out a year so in last year we gave away 1382 bikes throughout the state to children and adults this year our goal was 1500 and we'll close in on that during the holiday period here and you know as a dad and a biker you know, bikes build a sense of confidence, freedom, adventure, and escape. And it's such a wonderful option, not only to recreate, but also for transportation. And so to be building that next generation of bicycle enthusiasts with young people is awesome. Absolutely. All right. So what can our listeners do to help out? So our listeners could do several different things. The first thing is if you're really into bikes and you want to work on them, you can volunteer at any one of our shops and help us build up bikes for all the programs and all the community partners we work with. 
Um, the second thing you can do is if you have bikes that you are not using or not riding um, and need the space, please bring them to our shop. We'll be happy to take them from you. And lastly, the third, like every nonprofit is there, is please consider a financial donation to our organization. And you can do that on our website, bicyclecollective.org. And as you mentioned, we also have a capital campaign going on. And we're looking to encourage 10,000 people in the community to donate $100. And that gets us very close to our target to build this building. So we're trying to get a million, we're trying to raise 1.5 million. That's what we have left of a $4 million building. And we're trying to do this last bit from the community with 10,000 people donating $100 each. Small donations, a lot of small donations go a long way. Then again, if somebody wants to donate a lot more with a lot more zeros, you're welcome to do that as well. Absolutely. You can volunteer time, you can donate bikes, or you can make a financial uh, contribution or all three. I love it. I love it. Well, Donna, thank you so much for spending time with us. I appreciate having you on the show. Thank you so much. I most appreciate it. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too. And that was Donna McAleer of the Bike Collective. All right. And in the spirit of staying outside and keeping things all frosty, we're going to move on with Outdoor Afro SLC and Ashley Cleveland. What's up, Ash? Nothing much, Rashawn. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing, lady? Good to see you. You too. You too. I'm enjoying this, the sun right now, but I'm excited to see some more snow this weekend. I know. It is supposed to, it is supposed to get down. So, I mean, we got Afro Outdoor. We got a pandemic. Have you seen the numbers? Have you seen your numbers grow with like people wanting to be outside more since, you know, you can't really be inside right now? Yes, yes, absolutely. So we've already had a strong network here for uh, Outdoor Afro Salt Lake City chapter. Um, we have over 600 members, but definitely during the year of 2020, all throughout the year and 2021, we saw a double the amount of people registering for events and showing up to them than we had seen in previous years. And definitely more traffic in regards to like, how do you get outdoors? What kind of gear do I need? Where can I get it? And, you know, how do I safely recreate and where do I go? I love it. So those, I mean, you touched on, you touched on a couple of things. Yeah. All right. So for our peoples who don't know, what is Outdoor Afro? Outdoor Afro is a national nonprofit. Um, its tagline is where Black people and nature meet. And the entire goal is to have volunteers like myself. I am just a volunteer leader. Um, I volunteer in my state and there are so many other volunteers in other states in the US who create their own networks of African-American people and the diaspora in general and anyone who wants to support them to have leadership and recreate um, outdoors in nature, doing whatever we like. That could be anything from gardening to kayaking to zip lining to camping and backpacking. Um, you don't have to be an extreme outdoor sport uh, enthusiast to be outdoorsy. I love it. I love. Okay, you you rang off some of my favorite things right there, lady. All right. So, what are some of the cool things that you've had the opportunity to take some people on that that maybe weren't uh weren't expecting it or weren't weren't were fully surprised that they enjoyed it more than they than they thought they would showing up? Yeah. Um. Every year we do a uh a canoeing trip on the Jordan River with the Jordan River Commission. And I think that a lot of people are one really surprised at, you know, how accessible it is to actually um, use a canoe and, you know, get on a kayak onto our river. And then to know that our river is so close to our urban fabric in Salt Lake City, and it's actually safe to get in and recreate in some areas. Um, I think they're most surprised there. Oh, all right. So for people who who aren't like, you know, they don't know where to get equipment you know, and, and or if they do, they go to REI or they go to some of these stores mm -hmm. and the price tags could be a little shocking. Yeah. So what would you tell somebody who is just, you know, hearing us or just kind of wanting to pique their interest about getting outside? Where could you find some things at? Well, I highly suggest um, the outdoor recreation outlet on State Street. 
um, before you get to 33rd. They usually have very discounted materials there. Um, and then, you know, like how I started, I went to thrift stores. Don't be too shy to go to a thrift store because a lot of the times the things that wind up at the thrift store are gently used and are just there because someone got something new. So, you know, cash up your inventory with the thrift store, figure out what you like and what you don't like. And then there's also a new resource here in Utah called the Gear Fund Collective. Um, they are very strong on Instagram and they do share resources for gently used or brand new gear that's donated. Oh, nice. I haven't heard that one, but uh, you're talking about my stomping grounds right there. Rec Outlet. That's the if y'all don't know about Rec Outlet, y'all better get in there. Stop playing. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for <laughs> so we have um, so I was on the on the site. So I know you got an activity coming up. I don't want to spoil this. Why don't you tell us about the activity you got? <laughs> well, um, if you visit outdoorafro.com, it'll ask you to find a leader in your state and you can click on Utah. We have been uh, busy in Utah since 2017 or 18, actually, and we just brought in our network to have a second leader. Our second leader's name is Sammy Ellum, and he will be hosting a skating event, an ice skating event at Gallivan Center this Sunday. I highly suggest everyone come out and join. That's like the best winter activity for kids. And we want to see each other before the holidays get there. So please, please, please find Outdoor Afro Salt Lake City or Outdoor Afro Utah actually on the Meetup app and go ahead and register. We also have a Facebook page as well called Outdoor Afro uh, Salt Lake City. I love it. I love it, Ash. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this question as as two brown people sitting in a in a not so brown state. Yeah. Why do you think this group is is necessary? I think it's necessary because a lot of us come from different states to um, have better lives and have great jobs and raise families and live here. And one of the reasons we do that is because we do love the access to outdoor recreation. I think it's important for us to express ourselves in very culturally competent ways. And so it's important to be together to, you know, embrace our culture and be our full selves and, you know, experience the outdoors in the way that is best for us to experience it. Um, I also think it's a safety issue as well. Um, unfortunately, we do still have some issues in the state with people feeling safe in the outdoors while still being underrepresented or BIPOC. And uh, there is safety in numbers and being together and there's safety in numbers and having allies around you, too. And I think that's something that the Outdoor Afro Salt Lake City and Park City Network provides. I, I think that's a I think that's a good call out, Ash. Like, I, you know, I I can't speak for other people. I, I know I've been fortunate to have very, very friendly interactions out there. But I could understand where, where you're coming from about because there's times where you're on a trail and you might not see people for a long long time like you know we're talking about miles and you know we were we were doing some some hiking in arizona and one of the guys we came up with you know he was carrying a gun which is you know you know it's it is what it is but i i struck up a conversation and was like hey why do you think and the thing that struck me is you know he said i carry a gun not because of the wilderness i carry a gun because the the craziest thing you'll see on a trail is another person and and as a as a, the, a member of the BIPOC community, sometimes you just don't know who you're going to come across. Yeah. Have you had any uh, interesting experiences out there? Yeah, I have had people questioning my presence in places, asking me why I'm there, um, you know, sometimes providing backhanded compliments, allowing their dogs to, you know, kind of be aggressive towards me when it wouldn't happen to someone else. So. I have had those experiences on my own, not necessarily being a leader, but just being in the outdoors on my own. Uh, when we do recreate together and take up space and be loud and jovial and, you know, bring our playlist with us and, you know, get to dance and are doing all the things that we do as Black people, um, you know, we do get double glances. We do get extra looks and, you know, you never know where it's coming from, but it's nice to know that we can be with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I, I say this often and, and I don't mind being a broken record, but representation matters. And so anybody who's out there that is unsure about whether or not they belong in the outdoors, the answer is absolutely. Yes, absolutely. You belong in the outdoors. This land is your land. This land is our land, as they say. But I but I think, you know, it's 
it's you want to see more people out there because that's how you break you break some of the stereotypes or these thought processes like you know like you touched on ash like you know what are you doing out here as if as if people of color don't appreciate nature or clean air yeah. no we are natural beings we've been outside for a while <laughs> for sure for sure so do you have any other events coming up that people need to know about or how do they find how do they find you all yeah so i highly suggest you know finding us on meetup um download the meetup app become one of our um you know members on meetup that's where we actually post the details for you to rsvp um, we usually interact with each other on our Facebook page, uh, Outdoor Afro Salt Lake City. So that's where we we'll post memes and jokes and share gear and, you know, ask questions of one another, things like that. If you want to follow me personally, I'm Outdoor Auntie on Instagram. And then um, one last thing, one resource I would like to share is if you visit the Ski Utah uh, <clears throat> uh, webpage, they're going to be sponsoring about 200 ski lessons for underserved uh, minorities. And if you go and sign up, they're providing a series of four classes um, this winter. So visit the Ski Utah page. If you identify as a BIPOC person, they are providing uh, free lessons that you have to attend all four classes for. So do it before the snow gets here because the spots are filling up fast. Absolutely. Take advantage of that, people. Four ski lessons. Y'all better stop playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It includes it includes transportation, gear, clothing, and the lessons. I love it. I love it, Ashley. All right. So what do we got to know? What do we got on the docket for 2022? Where where are you hoping to take this? Oh man, uh, we're gonna be trying some new stuff this year. We're gonna be doing canyoneering. I've never done canyoneering. A couple years ago, we went zip lining up at Sundance. We had never done zip lining before. Um, I'm definitely going to host another backpacking trip. That's the thing that we had never done before. I'm going to get the kids out some more and do some gardening because, you know, as much as adults like to recreate, our babies need to learn how to recreate safely and good trail etiquette and how to actually be involved with nature and conserve it. Um, so we'll be doing some stuff for the kids, too. That's so great. And for our listeners, how do we get involved if we want to help? What is, what does the organization need and how can we uh how can we be a conduit for that? Well, I definitely think that supporting the, the national um, organization is great. You can add them on your Amazon Smile account so that every time you order something from Amazon, a donation may, is made to Outdoor Afro National. And they're doing the big work, the big, big work at from a national policy level um, towards, uh, you know, partnerships with large brands like REI and all of that. Um, so I would suggest that make a donation, make a recurring donation and, you know, check on your local network and make sure we're doing okay. All right. All right. And if, and if you were interested, I, I'd say for our listeners who are in like the Provo or the Ogden area, because I know we are, uh, outdoor Afro SLC. Yeah. So it's specific to our area. Yeah. So are there organizations up in Ogden or down in Provo or, and if not, how do you start them? Yeah, I would love to branch that out. Uh, we usually have new leader applications at the end of December. And for me personally, I've been doing this since 2017. I would love to see an outdoor Afro leader in Provo and one in the Ogden or Layton area. Um, I do have, you know, our diasporatic people, I do have our Black folks reaching out and wanting to do events down there, you know, and we just expanded to having a leader in Park City. So he gonna take over the snow, I'm gonna take over the summer, but I would love to see uh, someone to step up and reach out to me and, you know, know how they can expand into the Leighton Ogden area and the Provo area. Don't be shy. It's pretty fun being a leader. You're going to be outside anyway. You just asked another black folks to join you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Y'all listening up in Ogden? Y'all paying attention in Provo? Get <laughs> out there. Get out there. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ashley. I appreciate it. Appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. And that was Ashley Cleveland of Outdoor Afro SLC. And everyone listening, you could check tonight's show notes for a link to the Salt Lake City Bike Collective and Outdoor Afro SLC. You're listening to Roundtable Tuesday's edition of Radioactive. I'm community co-host Rashawn Leak. And next up, we're talking water with Zach Frankel of the Utah Rivers Council.
What's going on, Zach? How you doing, man? I am doing well, Rashawn. Thank you so much for having me here today. I, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on. So let's just let's just get into it. Like, I mean, it is December 14th. We've had one moderate snowstorm. It's supposed to get a little precipitation this weekend. Are we in trouble, brother? We are in huge trouble. And that's, of course, because climate change is raising our wintertime air temperatures. You know, when people think about climate change, of course, they think about summer. They think about hotter summer, summer temperatures, which is obviously what's happening. But in addition, our wintertime air temperatures are warming, and that is shrinking our snowpacks. Those snowpacks provide the majority of the water we drink in our cities that we use on our landscapes outside and that provide water for our farms and ranches, both inside Utah and across the entire Colorado River Basin. So, yeah, we're in trouble because we're not getting on top of our carbon emissions and it's having an impact on our water supply and the rivers and lakes that we love here in Utah that make Utah what it is. Absolutely. All right. So you you provided the perfect segue for me. So tell me about the report that came out with three of the four upper Colorado River Basin states overusing the Colorado River. Yeah, you know, um, you know, every Utah has probably heard something about the proposed Lake Powell pipeline. And that's the largest new water diversion in the Colorado River. But what is really disappointing is that many of Utah's water suppliers are denying climate change. They're denying the fact that our snowpacks are shrinking and that our water supplies are shrinking. We unfortunately knew this was a problem for many years. So we just finished a year-long research effort to ask the question of whether Utah and the other three states in the upper Colorado River Basin have a surplus of water or a deficit of water? And it's a simple question. Basically, it's just like household spending and looking at your own savings account. How much money do we have in the bank? That's a central question for every household in making decisions about spending. When it comes to our water supply, it's the same concept. Do we have more water to develop out of projects like the proposed Lake Powell pipeline, or are we in a deficit? And as everybody knows from visiting Lake Powell or any of the other reservoirs of Utah, we are in a long-term water supply decline because of shrinking snowpacks like we talked about. And so the report looked into those details and found that as you just sort of referenced, three of the four upper basin states are currently using too much water, overusing water, including Utah. The other two states in the upper basin that are overusing water are Colorado and New Mexico because they haven't reduced their water use in the face of a declining water supply. Do you think that, let me, let me think how I want to phrase this, because why is it that we are treating water as if it's a renewable energy source? You know, Rashawn, that's really the in, most important question. Why do Utahns treat water the way they do? You know, we just have not really valued water here in Utah. Um, there are water suppliers that give it lip service and say, oh, it's so precious, it's so important. But they price it at the cheapest water rates in the United States. We Amer Utah has America's cheapest municipal water. And that's because those same water suppliers collect taxes to lower the price of water. So as Utahns, we're paying taxes on our homes, on our businesses, even on our automobiles. And those taxes go directly to our water suppliers here in Utah, and they use it to lower the price of water. And that's why we have the cheapest water in the United States and the highest per person water use. To give you an idea, Salt Lake City residents use 100 more gallons of water each and every day than residents of Denver. And that's because of these onerous taxes that the water suppliers collect, including in Salt Lake City. We have tried to phase out those property taxes in this supposedly fiscally conservative state. And there's just too many lobbyists that are on the payroll 
of these water suppliers to phase out the tax. They just refuse to walk away from this property tax. Mm. And, and so that's why we have the cheapest water and the highest use, but it's also why we have these really stupid water proposals like the Lake Powell pipeline. And one piece that's really, well, I should stop there because I've, I've talked a lot. No, you, you know, I mean, but the thing is you're touching on, on a lot of good points because you know, the thing that I've always found interesting, so I'm a transplant, I'm from the East Coast, I'm from Jersey, but I, I've always found it interesting living in Utah the last 11 years is, in my mind, the number one business in Utah is car washes. And I remind myself that, you know, I joke, like, we live in a desert, so why do we have so many car washes? So it leads to, leads to my next question. As a, as a neighborhood, as a as a society, as a taxpayer, what can we do to help? How can we how can we help to offset this before it's before it's ir- irreplaceable or irreparable? You know, that's a right question to ask again, Rashawn. You know, the, the thing is, you, you you really hit upon it. Utah's the second driest state in the country, and we have the cheapest water rates in the U.S. and the highest per person water use. And we're proposing the dumbest and most destructive water projects in America. We're proposing to divert the waters that flow into the Great Salt Lake that will shrink the Great Salt Lake by two to four feet and create a legacy of air quality problems along the Wasatch Front. We're proposing a water project down to divert the Colorado River and send it 140 miles away to St. George that will require a 500% increase in rates. The thing that people need to do is they need to call their Utah legislators and they need to call their city council members. You know, unfortunately, our cities have been left out of the conversation about water. Um, Oftentimes, what we find with city council members is some of them even refuse to take meetings to learn about water. We see that even in the Salt Lake City Council. We see reluctance to meet with constituents to get educated about water. What we keep seeing happening is that the water suppliers are the ones that are dictating the policy to the policymakers. Instead of allowing the elected officials to lead us. And so the thing that people can do that are hearing this right now is to call their elected officials and say, I want to have a meeting with you. And I want someone from Utah Rivers Council to sit down with me. And we want to talk about water. Most of the elected officials that are in office don't know much about water. And we have to educate them. We have to get them to understand that water conservation isn't meant to be lip service. It's not a marketing campaign. It's not just hype. We need to reduce our water use and we need to do meaningful steps forward to reduce our water waste. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can folks support the Utah Rivers Council? How we're doing a attitude with gratitude. So how can we get involved? So our website has a bunch of materials on it. It's just utahrivers.org. And we are looking for people from the across the entire geography of Utah that are willing to have a Zoom meeting with their elected officials in the city and county level so that we can start educating local elected officials about the need to save water. You know, the coming year is 2022 and it's a mid-year election. The entire House of Representatives of the legislature is going to be voted on. And there are a number of other local seats that we need to start educating elected officials about having to really lead us in saving water. We're so tired of lip service and social media hype from water suppliers about how great they are at saving water while they continue to waste water and propose destructive water projects we don't need to be built. We need to hold our elected officials accountable and they need to either get educated or they need to get out. Absolutely. And I I will double down and say to our listeners, when the spring comes, let's start collecting some of this rainwater. It's falling from the sky for free. 
Yeah, we've got a rain barrel program we're going to be unveiling soon. We're really excited. And that's another thing that um, people can do is make sure their city is going to participate and make rain barrels available to residents at a subsidized rate, because we there's no reason why we shouldn't be collecting this rainwater that's coming free out of the sky. And we can save substantial amounts of water and improve water quality flowing into our rivers and lakes by collecting that rainwater with these barrels that we make available that are really popular and wonderful. We've given, we sold 5,700 rain barrels and counting so far. They're just really wonderful. Anybody that's got one is loves them. And it's really a source of pride that we really like to see with people. All right. I, you know, I can't let you go without, without you telling our listeners how they get a rain barrel. Cause we can't, we can't plant that seed without watering it. So the, the piece with the rain barrels is their city has to subsidize the rain barrels available. Um, if the city, if their local city agrees to subsidize rain barrels for their own residents, then the barrels are available in their local city. Okay. Um, if the city refuses to make those barrels available, so for example, Salt Lake City's never participated in the program. And so uh, fortunately, Salt Lake County has subsidized those barrels. So Salt Lake County residents do get it. Thank heavens that Salt Lake County has been providing that good water leadership um, and a number of other cities have. But one thing people can do is reach out to their local mayor and say, are you going to participate in the rain barrel program with Utah Rivers Council and make these barrels available for their local city? We'll be unveiling that program just before Earth Day and which cities have agreed to participate and make those subsidized barrels available to their residents. All right. All right. All right, everybody. You hear that? We got, we got until April. We got until April and make sure that our mayors know that we want water barrels. I appreciate, I appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you so much. And thank you, Rashawn. It's been great to meet you and it's so glad to have you know, another Garden State resident here. And we'll look forward to talking to you again in the future. All right, all right. I appreciate you as well, Zach. And that was Zach Frankel of the Utah Rivers Council. This is Rashawn Leak of the Roundtable Tuesdays edition of Radioactive. I'll tell you what, y'all. Thank you for hanging out with us and making this a joyous 2021. Happy holidays and see you in 2022. Community co-host Rashawn Leak. And that's our show. We ran out of time for our Sundance Film Festival preview, so tune in tomorrow night and we will give you that then. Tickets go on sale to the general public on Friday. Coming up at 7 tonight, it's Democracy Now! Vagabond Radio with Barbie at 8. You're going to get Connor's Late Night Lowdown at 10.30. Super Sounds with Chovy starts at 1 a.m. And John Florence rings in your brand new day at 6 every weekday morning. I'm Laura Jones, executive producer of Radioactive, and tonight's edition of the show is now online at krcl.org. So if you liked it, please share it. And if you've got ideas for the show, send me an email, radioactive at krcl.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll leave you tonight with one off the new album, Raise the Roof, from Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. This is Searching for My Love on KRCL 90.9. Have a great night, everybody.